With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Sit back, relax, and let me talk to you for a second, good people. Welcome back to the station. This is Destination Debbie. Y'all know who it is, man. I'm your boy, Ray G. Find me on Twitter at RayGQ. I'm the captain of the all-gas arm of the squad, this here thing that we do. And this is my weekly top 10 observations, top 10 takeaways from the past weekend of college football. And before you hear this and think, oh my God, it's, it's college football, listen, everything that we do here integrates and marries beautifully with the fantasy football space. Every every player that I'm talking about, every takeaway that you gather from this show, maybe besides a takeaway here or two every now and then, maybe it's just pure inter- entertainment or enjoyment or we saw a historic moment, is geared to help you be prepared, be more prepared, get ready for your rookie drafts to be better in Dynasty, to see how this marriage of the college game, even if you're not a big college football fan, in the NFL world just works seamlessly together. And the more that you know about these college players, the more that you know about these upcoming classes, the better you can position your dynasty team for short and long-term success. That's why it's important to follow the college game. Even if you're not sitting down watching it every Saturday, that's why you stay locked in over here with Destination Debbie. That's why you follow people who who monitor the college game and track it because these are the players that you're going to end up drafting whether you like the college game or not here in the upcoming future. And just want to give a shout out to the show sponsors, FTN Fantasy, doing great stuff over there at FTNFantasy.com. Make sure you go over there, check out their tools, daily bets, all kinds of sports. And when you sign up, because I know you will, 
make sure you smash that promo code all gas to save you a little something something at the checkout but the honorable mention takeaways that I want to talk about one being Tank Bigsby the running back uh, true freshman running back dynamic true freshman running back from the University of Auburn this past weekend 26 carries 190 plus rushing yards Bigsby is that dude, you guys. I'm telling you. And I'm going to talk about the 2022 class here uh, on the future cast show and in subsequent future episodes moving forward. But man, this 2023 running back class is loaded and Tank Bigsby is the is the cream of the crop. This this kid is dynamic. He's going to push for a thousand yards. He will be a true freshman All-American this season. He's just, and he's playing, he's doing this in the SEC as a true freshman, less than 100%. I haven't been this excited for a freshman running back in a long time. And Tank Bigsby is just somebody that we're going to be talking about a ton going into next college football season. And then when he's actually eligible uh, for the NFL draft in the 2022 college football season for the 2023 NFL draft class, but just watching him play. The one cut ability, the speed, the power, the vision, he has it all. He's the complete package. So stay on the lookout for Tank Bigsby. Now, this next player that I want to talk about, I I don't understand why it bothers people so much. Like the negativity I've seen surrounding this football player really kind of just blows my mind a little bit. You know, sometimes, you know, we're here and we're around for historic moments, whether we like it or not. And what's going on at Vanderbilt right now with the kicker, Sarah Fuller, is a historic moment. And this past weekend, she became the first woman to score points in a Power 5 game. She kicked an extra point. And let me just tell you something. I played college football. I feel like I was pretty decent, right? I redshirted as a freshman, started as a redshirt freshman at defensive back, pretty athletic. There's no way, if my life depended on it, would I be able to, to drill an extra point in-game with actual defenses running at me. It's just, it's, it's, I know it looks easy when we're sitting back on our couch watching it. How do you miss that? How do you make it? We see NFL players, NFL kickers miss extra points all the time, all the time. And I know that right now they, they move the field goal, the extra point line back, but we've seen them shank regular extra points. We've seen them miss things that they shouldn't all the damn time. And for her to go out there and make that happen in game, like it or not, if you believe it's a stunt, I don't care about any of that. Salute and hat tip to her, the player, for for doing something that I guarantee 90% of you, 95% of you would not be able to do. Um, just nothing but nothing but respect and salute to Sarah Fuller. But let's jump into these top 10 takeaways. And at takeaway number 10, I want to talk about this running back from Virginia Tech, Khalil Herbert. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of buzz starting to generate around this player. Herbert, this is his fifth season, right? Five years in college. Didn't do shit the first four years at Kansas. Transfers to Virginia Tech, and he's absolutely setting the ACC world on fire. 155 carries, over 1,180 yards, eight TDs. He's got showing a little bit of speed, busting off his longest run of the season this past weekend versus Virginia for 76 yards. Herbert is a player, man, that, you know, he's already accepted his invitation to the Senior Bowl, which is going to be good. We'll get to see him play against top competition in college. We know about all the top players, Najee Harris, Chuba Hubbard, you know, Travis Etienne, names like that. But how you win in Dynasty is finding guys like a Khalil Herbert in your third round, uh, third and fourth round of your rookie drafts, finding these guys on the waiver wire, putting in a claim and acquiring these players who is probably going to be a later round draft pick, right? If I had to guess fifth round pick, sixth round pick, 
You know, if he plays well in training camp, he makes a roster. He's a backup. He's a third string guy. But hell, we're seeing players like Wayne Gallman thrive right now. DeAndre Washington is finding success. We're seeing the the corpse of Le'Veon Bell out here doing work. So there's plenty of room for these running backs at the next level. And you're just looking for a guy with talent and hopefully they get an opportunity. So while I'm not overly high on Herbert right now, he's somebody that could potentially rise here in the coming weeks in a name that you all need to know about because uh, he's a player who's performed very, very well this year. And it's going to, I look forward to checking him out and seeing what he can do at the Reese's Senior Bowl this upcoming January, February time. Now, the next player that I want to discuss, this man has a badass mullet. If you don't know the name, Grayson McCall, get familiar because McCall is nice. Leading the undefeated Coastal Carolina team in action this past weekend. Man, this this dude, six foot three, 200 pounds, 205 pounds. He has played really, really well this year. You know, 70% completion percentage, over 2,100 passing yards, 23 TDs, only two interceptions. And then he does it with his legs as well. He's athletic, um, pushing 500 rushing yards, six TDs on damn near 100 attempts. This player right here, when you're talking about the 2022 class and you're looking at the quarterbacks, which it's it's shaping up to be an outstanding quarterback class with players like Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis, Jaden Daniels, Grayson McCall, Dylan Gabriel. I mean, the 2022 quarterback class is looking really, really good. And Grayson McCall definitely deserves more love, definitely deserves more hype, more buzz, uh, because he's playing very, very well right now. So... Those of you who are unfamiliar with this name, just get a pen and pad out, write the name down, Grayson McCall, somebody that we're going to be talking about a ton next season as a potential Heisman candidate as well. It's probably a first round pick in the NFL draft. And the way we see some of these quarterbacks playing right now, trust there will be spots available for some of these players. Grayson McCall, athletic, talented, accurate. Remember the name. He's a dope player. Now let's head to Georgia and talk about Zamir Zeus White, one of the highest rated recruits coming out of high school a couple of years ago. Everybody, including myself, had super high expectations for Zamir White, and it just did not come to fruition uh, early on. So he tore his ACL, his final season in high school, gets to Georgia, expected to contribute as a true freshman, Tears his ACL during the, the the preseason, you know, training camp. So his first real action was last year. And last year, he looked hesitant. He looked tentative. And they still had Brian Herring. They still had DeAndre Swift. So they did not have to utilize Zamir White a ton. 78 carries, 408 yards, three touchdowns, caught the ball a couple of times. But, you know, left a, left a lot of us feeling kind of like, eh, maybe he's just not that dude. So he comes back this season, a year removed, another year removed from his ACL, double ACL injuries, uh, and he looks like a completely different player this season for Georgia. You see he's over 740 rushing yards, 10 TDs, showing some speed, had a long touchdown run a couple of weeks ago versus Florida. He looks like Zamir White. Now, maybe he's not what he his potential, what we thought he could be because of both the ACL injuries. But when I'm looking at my rankings for the 2021 class, it's hard for me not to have him as a top five running back. In fact, I did move him to RB5. You know, he, he's a player that coming from Georgia, he's got the name cachet. He's got the, the Georgia Bulldog behind his name. And this is a weak running back class. So if I were 
if I were in a position to, to acquire Zamir White, if he ends up on my team, I'm telling you, after a season or two, I'm going to move him because both of those ACL injuries, a UGA running back, we see Sony Michelle with the knees, we see Nick Chubb with the knees, Todd Gurley with the knees. Let's let's make sure DeAndre Swift doesn't get any of that. But Zamir White, uh, the double injuries do do concern me, but his play over the season has instilled a little more confidence in what I think he could be at the next level. And, you know, you're looking at a player that may be a third round pick, fourth round pick, which is still fine draft capital for a running back. And I'm not all the way convinced that he's actually going to declare this year. I, I, I can see him coming back to prove it one more time to try to solidify himself as one of the top rushers in the 2022 class. But to see him uh, drop 126 and one with a, a long of 43 against Missouri this weekend, had to give Zamir White some love, had to shout him out on the show. Next up, Keyshawn Boutte from LSU, the true freshman wide receiver. Keyshawn, Keyshawn, Keyshawn Boutte. Nice, man. Nice. LSU has got another one. LSU just continuing to pump out wide receivers left and right. This player, Boutte, was the number one wide receiver in the state of Louisiana coming out this past season. LSU's team is terrible, right? They they pulled off the upset win versus Florida. I had Florida on the money line and they couldn't get it done. I mean, come on, man. At home, you lose to this. Max Johnson looked really good, a hell of a lot better than TJ Finley. But Boutte, 31 receptions, 427 yards, two TDs. You can see it, right? When you watch him play, where's that number one? He's got the swag, the explosiveness, the speed. This is, I'm just, I'm getting you guys ready. I'm getting you ready because this player is going to be a guy that we are going to be salivating over when his NFL draft time is is on the way here in 2023. And we're going to talk a lot about him next season. Max Johnson looks like he may be the guy and Boutte is going to be the lead dog for the LSU Tigers, the Bayou Bengals. Player is dynamic. He's explosive in the history of LSU wide receivers. We can go down the list from even pre OBJ, man. I'm talking Dwayne Bow. We know OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall. Boutte is up next. Talented, talented freshman wide receiver. Now, in that same game, we had two players. It, it, it's crazy that I, I wrote in the show notes Kyle Trask had an up and down game. When your up and down game consists of a 62% completion percentage for 474 yards and two touchdowns, that, that just shows the level that, that Kyle Trask has been playing on. He's been playing out of his mind. He's got 40 touchdown passes on this injury short, COVID shortened season. You know, I, I can't imagine what it would have been had they not missed a game or two and played an entire season and everything uh, been status quo. But you see right here, on the list, he's three behind, two of four behind Drew Locke, and nobody's catching Joe Burrow. 60 is just absolutely nuts. They did lose this game. And Kyle Trask, again, up and down game. One of the interceptions he threw was just bad. Another one was an amazing double alley-oop type interception where the LSU defender taps it back in. The other guy's barely in bounds. Kind of some fluky shit. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact to this. He had 470 damn passing yards and two TDs. Kyle Trask is he he's a he's gonna be a, a a starting quarterback at some point in time. I don't think he has this elite ceiling. I don't, but he he's he's going to run the offense. 
He's a game manager type player that can make some can make some good throws, distribute the ball around, and uh, he's he's had an outstanding season. One of the Heisman front runners this season. I think he may have lost that bid with the with the L versus LSU in this one. But Kyle Trask, I'm not going to overreact to this to this one bad in air quotes game for a player who threw for 470 damn yards. Now in the same game, a player that I've been talking about so much and. One of my favorite prospects here in this upcoming 2021 NFL draft class is Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver, do-it-all playmaker from Florida. I tweeted this out the other night. I, I don't believe that I have seen a, a group of playmakers like what we have coming in 2021, uh, like, like what we have now. I haven't seen this in a long time, and I'm talking about these undersized weapons, Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony. Jalen Waddle, uh, Jaden Darden from from North Texas, and and we've got other players who fit this mold of they they're not big enough to be dominant alpha wide receivers, but just you just get the ball in their hands, get them get them the ball in space, and they can just they can make you pay in a major major way. And this player, Kadarius Tony, man, he's he's been on a tear. Nine receptions, 182 yards, averaging 20 yards per catch. Three rushes for 56 yards, one receiving touchdown, and he also returns punts, man. I mean, this is this is what you're looking for with these dynamic type playmakers. Ways to get them the ball in space, get them on the field. Kadarius Tony, the more that the more that his play continues to just be what it is right now. He's up to 62 grabs, 831 yards on the season, 17 carries, 146 yards, multiple kick return yards, 10 punt returns, punt return for a touchdown. He's a player I think has sneaky first round, sneaky first round draft capital appeal. You know, he goes out to the combine. He performs well at the combine. He does his thing at the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Kadarius Tony is a player that I think while we're talking about the Chases and the Moors and the Waddles and the Smitties, I think Kadarius Tony is a player who could definitely get first round draft capital and go a hell of a lot higher than any of us thought he can go coming into this college football season. Now, another player who's going to go a hell of a lot higher than anybody. Now, I know this player has this cult following now, but don't get it twisted. Nobody was talking about him coming into 2019. Nobody. Nobody. And I'm talking about gunslinger Zach Wilson from Brigham Young University. BYU's Zach Wilson. He's good, man. He's a very very talented quarterback. And I don't care what conference you play in. I don't care about any of that shit. When you're completing damn near 75% of your passes, you're legit. And and that's what he's doing. You know, the, the leap from his injury plague 2019 season to what we're seeing here in 2020, you just don't see that. He goes from 62% completion percentage to, like I said, on the season, he's at 70, 73% completion percentage. 2,300 passing yards last year. He's at 3,200 right now. 11 TDs, 9 interceptions. 30 TDs, 3 interceptions. What he's doing, listen, you know, if if I had to, my quarterback three in the class is Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo plus type quarterback. He's going to come in. He's going to run your offense. He's going to push the ball downfield. He's not conservative. He's not going to make bad plays. Not athletic. Like he's he's going to be a good starting quarterback. When you're talking about ceiling plays, though, Zach Wilson has the higher ceiling. Trey Lance has the higher ceiling. Zach Wilson is a player, man. I just want him to get drafted to a team where he doesn't have to play year one. 
let him chill, let him wait, let him learn, and then unleash him maybe towards the end of the season or maybe even the following NFL season. And I think you've got an absolute stud on your hands. He's got the arm talent. He's got enough arm strength to make all of the throws. It's just reps and experience, but the talent is there for this player. I literally, in my Debbie rankings, I have him and Mac Mac Jones one spot apart. I think Mac Jones is 13th and Zach Wilson is 14th, and that can easily shift with draft capital. I do believe that both of these players will be picked in the first round. And if I had to bet right now, I think Zach Wilson's going to be the third QB off of the board behind Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. This past weekend versus San Diego State, 303 passing yards, one touchdown, did throw, uh, did throw one one of the you know it's it's funny right because you look at the box scores and it just looks like he just dominated them. He struggled early, you know they were trying to find their rhythm versus San Diego State. San Diego State kept it close, but uh, he's he's just he's just a really really good quarterback. He's a good talented quarterback. I like how he plays. He's more mobile than Trask and. Uh, Mac Jones, not as athletic, not at nearly as mobile as, as Trey Lance and what he's able to do. But Zach Wilson, my notes is he is very, very good. Now, a player who was very, very good last year and was not very, very good this season, Oklahoma State's Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace both decided to opt out, opt out of the remaining games that the Oklahoma State Cowboys had to play this year. And for let's start with Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace played nine games last year, tore his ACL, uh, came back, returned for a senior season, and now he's of course opted out. He's six foot, one hundred ninety pounds, and it's crazy because his stats are almost identical. Last year, fifty three receptions, nine hundred three yards, eight TDs. This year, fifty three receptions, eight hundred seventy two yards, and six TDs, both in nine games. Tylen Wallace helped his draft stock. All he needed to do was come back, play, show that he was healthy and he's going to be good to go. Chuba Hubbard, conversely, in my opinion, is, has hurt his draft stock. Uh, let me just, first team All-American last year was the was was outstanding. In 13 games, 2,094 yards, averaging 6.4 yards an attempt, 21 TDs, 23 receptions, 198 yards, 2,200 yards from scrimmage, absolutely dynamic. Every time he touched the ball, he was taking some shit to the crib, it felt like. This season in seven games, 625 yards, yards per carry dipped from 6.4 to 4.7, five TDs, eight receptions, 52 yards, one TD. He just, he wasn't healthy. He was banged up. It didn't look like he wanted to play. I know him and Mike Gundy got into a little tizzy before the season started and he's hurt his draft stock. I think he was locked into being a second round pick last year. And I think he's a is a third round pick, and I, I don't see him falling into day three because he's going to run fast. I mean, he's a track guy; he was a, a national champion in high school in the hundred meter dash. Dude is going to run sub four four. I mean, in the NFL, they, they're they're suckers for speed. So I do believe he's still going to be a day day two pick. You know, third round is what I would peg him at right now. I see him. Reminds me of a Tevin Coleman, Raheem Moster type. He's not really shifty. He's not powerful. He's got great speed. Just kind of one cut, get downhill. That's who Chuba Hubbard reminds me of. And I thought we would actually see a progression in this game this year, and it just hasn't happened. So it's just uh, that was some news that popped off over this past week. Tylen Wallace, I think his draft stock actually increased a, a tad bit or at least remained the same. Chuba Hubbard definitely hurt his draft stock coming back in to this college football season. Now, a player who is just, I'm so impressed and so happy for for this kid. 
But the University of uh, Georgia quarterback, JT Daniels, is back, and he looks legit. And when I was talking about that 2022 quarterback class a little while ago with with Slovis and Howell and Spencer Rattler and Dylan Gabriel, JT Daniels is right there. And I mean, technically, he's eligible for the 2021 NFL draft, but I just don't see him one season removed from a, a devastating knee injury. And I've got Keaton Slovis as my number one, number two guy in the 2022 quarterback class. The only reason Slovis got an opportunity to play is because JT Daniel, he was the starter for USC, tore his knee up, which gave way for Slovis to come in and do his thing. But let, let me just read what JT has done over the past three weeks, uh, over the past three games for the University of Georgia has not been three consecutive weeks but 401 yards versus Mississippi State, four TDs, no interceptions, versus South Carolina, 139 yards, two touchdowns in this past week versus past weekend versus Missouri, 299 yards and three TDs. JT Daniels was the number one quarterback in his class, recruiting class a couple of years ago. So the talent is there. The size is there at six foot three, over 200 pounds. You know, the, the big takeaway, folks. The big takeaway in all of this is these fringy ass NFL starters better get their shit together because there are some players coming in the next couple of classes who are going to be drafted and going to put pressure to some of these quarterbacks who are underperforming. We look at, you know, Denver with Drew Locke. We're looking at, at some of these other teams, man. It's the, these young kids are coming and these dudes are, are quarterback technicians. JT Daniels has definitely helped himself out. Excited to see him continue to develop and play well. Uh, very, very good, very, very good player for the University of Georgia. Now, let's talk about Smitty here. Let's talk about Smitty. Smitty, Devonta Smith, wide receiver from Alabama, the soon-to-be named Bolitnikoff Award winner for the top wide receiver in college football. Alabama is going to have Jerry Judy has one, and then a year off, uh, Jamar Chase got it. Now, uh, Devonta Smith is a shoe-in for the award. The only other player that I think would even get consideration is Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, but it's Smitty's, it's Smitty's award. Like He cannot catch another pass for the rest of the season, and he's going to win the Bolitnikoff. I think he's, he's leapfrog to be the Heisman favorite. I know a lot of people talk Kyle Trask. Mac Jones, I believe it's Devonta Smith. A wide receiver hasn't won the Heisman Trophy and I don't know how long. Uh, shit, I, in my mind, I'm trying to think. Peter Warwick maybe was the last wide receiver. I can't even, le- legitimately, I believe it was Peter Warwick. I'm not looking it up. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. But Devonta Smith only had three catches for 22 yards, but he still somehow seemed to impress us with a long punt return for a touchdown showing his versatility He's a smooth glider, man. His speed doesn't look like Tyreek Hill. His his feet aren't fast and choppy. He's just a long strider, and he's gonna run fast. His versatility is on full display. He's just he's a great wide receiver. He's my wide receiver one in the 2021 class. He's made himself a ton of money, and just to see him be able to show and showcase other skills that he has, returning the ball in punt return situations. He's aggressive in the blocking scheme. Uh, I think Devonta Smith locked up the Heisman Trophy and with a strong performance versus Florida in the SEC title game, he can go ahead and write his name on that bad boy. If he performs versus Florida in the SEC title game, that's a wrap. Devonta Smith will be the Heisman and he's going to have a very, very, very good chance of being the first wide receiver taken in the draft. And for those of you who keep talking about Jamar Chase, Y'all need to come rock with me, man. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. We just did a film breakdown 
of Jamar Chase. We went through five of his games, all 22 film, what he did well, what he doesn't do well. I, I, I mean, he's my wide receiver too. He's legit. He's not a better wide receiver than Devonta Smith. He's not. He's not. He's he's super talented. He's going to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. He's not a better wide receiver than Devonta Smith. Come holler at me. Come talk to the squad. I'm telling y'all, man. I, 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 I this is this is not hard. Both are studs. Devonta Smith is a better wide receiver than Jamar Chase. And the biggest, the biggest, the absolute biggest takeaway from this weekend, which has huge ramifications for the 2021 NFL draft and what we do in Dynasty, was right here. North Carolina versus Miami, the afternoon game on ABC. We saw something that had never been done in college football history. 544 combined rushing yards, 308 from Michael Carter, 236 from Javonta Williams. Just dominant. And Javonta Williams had one of the filthiest runs I've seen in a very long time where he's breaking arm tackles, juking out defenders, running people over, taking their soul. If you haven't seen it, go check my timeline on Twitter at RayGQ. Just look up Javonta Williams and I'm sure you will see it. He's a beast. 5'11", 220 plus pounds. He just looks like the Outside of Najee Harris, he looks like the best, the most complete running back in the 2021 class. I still have Travis Etienne a tick above him. I, I can't knock Etienne down. I want to see how he finishes the season. Been really impressed with Etienne's ability in the receiving game to really improve that area. He's got 41 receptions on the season. But Javonta Williams profiles as the better three-down back. This player is outstanding. Again, all I need to see is how big his damn neck is. His neck is wider than his face. That's all I need to know. Big neck, good football player. Simple as that. Easy analysis, baby. But Michael Carter, man, he's he's arguably the star of the show every week. He's a talented running back himself. Five foot eight, two hundred pounds. He's explosive. He can catch the ball. They've got two running backs over a thousand yards on the season. I mean, it makes Sam Howell's job very easy when you have two dynamic running backs like this. And I have moved Michael Carter into, I believe he's number eight, RB8 for me in the 2021 NFL draft class. Uh, He's right behind Chuba Hubbard, or he may be a spot above Chuba Hubbard. I need to go look at my rankings, but he's not getting enough credit for how good he is. And he reminds me of a satellite plus type back. He doesn't doesn't profile as a true three down bell cow for me at the next level, but he's a like he he could be a very very good fantasy asset even if he's not commanding the same opportunity and volume as Javonta Williams will at the next level because of the size, because of the girth, the bulk, the ability to handle that pounding in between the tackles. Michael Carter, super talented man. He's he's a player that that needs to be on the radars of every single dynasty owner, every single dynasty manager playing this game, fantasy football. North Carolina has a pair of studs. We're probably going to both be day two picks in the NFL draft. Well, there it is, baby. My top 10 takeaways from this past weekend of college football. Appreciate you rocking by. If you like the content that we're laying down here at Destination Debbie, Subscribe, baby. Smash that subscribe button. Lock into the podcast. Stay locked into the channel. And if you want more, hey, playoff time. You're probably eliminated. 
Time to look forward to next year. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Come join the best damn Devi dynasty community in the face of the planet. Get you ready for your rookie drafts. Help you strategically place your team and position your team for short and long-term success. I got y'all locked. Shout out to FTN. Shout out to Blue Wire. Shout out to all the good people who make this thing possible. But that's it, man. I'm rambling. I'm out of this thing. Peace. might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts.